Daniel started us out on a new series that we're starting, a worship series. And he did an amazing job of, of encouraging and challenging us to pursue God's heart. At, one of the main purposes of worship is to pursue God's heart. And he did an incredible job of that. If you were not here, I would encourage you to, uh, you can listen to those podcasts on the internet, on our website. So I'd encourage you to check that out. Even if you were here, I'd encourage you to listen to it again. Well, we're going to continue our series. We took a break last week when we had a guest speaker here, but we're going to continue our series. And we're doing a series again, like I said, on worship. You know, if you've been coming here for a little while, or maybe you've been coming here for a few weeks, you notice that we do place a lot of emphasis on our time of worship. We don't just do a couple of songs and, you know, sing a few songs and quit. We really uh, make it a point to engage and enjoy God and just love on Him and worship Him and allow Him to minister to His people, minister to us. And so what we're going to do is we're going to continue this time, and we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Um, yeah, a couple of people were asking me, am I preaching this Sunday? And I said, kind of, sort of. Of course, they look at me like, what does that mean? I said, well, come and you'll find out. So I'm, I'm not really going to preach a message, but what I do is I have uh, part of our worship team here, <clears throat> and what we're going to do is I'm going to interview them and ask them some questions about worship and everything from their perspective and, and what's it all about. So uh, I want to welcome you to my show. <laughs> All right. And what we'll do is we have four of our worship team. Um, what I'm going to do is ask them to introduce themselves, tell us their name, give us a social security number. No, give us their, uh, if they're married, who they're married to, who their kids are, what do they do for a living so that you can kind of get to know them a little bit about them. So we'll start on this end over here. And we'll start with this young lady over there. All right. Hey, uh, my name is Kaylin Burke. And uh, what I do for a living is I'm part-time here, uh, doing all the graphic design creative stuff. And then the rest of the time, I do graphic design for other small businesses around town. Um, my role on the worship team is currently I'm a drummer. Is that good? Are you married? Yes, I'm married to that guy right there, that handsome Woo-hoo! Persian <laughs> Oki guy right there. Amid Burke. And uh, Amid has two daughters, um, Anna and Laylee, So. All right. All right, I'm Caleb Parker. Um, Moved here three years ago. It's my wife, Taylor Parker, formerly Tovar. Uh, Sorry, I was going to tell a story, but no, I won't won't do it. Uh, I owe you one. No, (laughs) from last week. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a microphone now. Okay, sorry. Uh, I work at Kicker. Um, I'm a warranty processor, warranty tech. Ask me later, I'll explain it. Uh, so that's what I do for a living, and I play several things, keyboard, guitar, um, sing, and yep, that's about it. Oh, and I, yeah, I'm a youth pastor here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's good to know. I do do that, don't I? That's <laughs> good to know. Yep, all those people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're we're kind of like parents now. So. <laughs> I'm uh, my name's Todd Tovar. Um, uh, Taylor was formerly Taylor Tovar. Um, I'm married uh, happily for 25 years. We just had our 25th anniversary. Yes, um, my wife. I have I have a wife. And, oh, her name's Shannon. I have, I have four daughters. Um, I want um, Taylor, uh, Mariah, Kylie, and Mia. And uh, I, I, I have the privilege of being able to play uh, on worship teams with two of my beautiful daughters. And, well, all my daughters are beautiful, but uh, two of them, uh, <laughs> all of them play and that's because of me, yes, no, no, it's because of my wife. But um, uh, I am the worship pastor here, and I, work, I still work with uh, the youth pastors and, and a, a lot of the uh, youth departments and stuff, and kind of take orders and work side by side with CJ. Hi, my name is Melody Cloxon, and I'm married to the bass player. <laughs> Woo-hoo! 
<laughs> also the preacher. Also, no, I'm just kidding. And, and I am related to Todd. And my sons are Josiah, the big, tall drummer, and Judah, the little guy that kind of scowls at everybody. <laughs> anyway, and, and I am a domestic engineer now. Yeah. <laughs> But I love my job. And I am a worship leader and a guitar player. And I think I've done worship for like 32 years. With Todd, probably most of them. And also Candy back there is my mother-in-law. And Gary is my father-in-law. And I've done worship with her. I've done worship for quite a few years. So. All right. All right, we'll start with the first question. Um, pretty simple question or straightforward. Why does God want us to worship him? And I'll let whoever wants to start with that. Why does God want us to worship him? <laughs> Take your time. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's like, why did everybody... You're not going to do this the whole time. <laughs> not answering every question. Okay. Um, for me, I, I think like... For me, the simple answer to that is just he wants to be in relationship with us. And because, you know, for the way that the world is created, like he's invisible to us. So like when we worship him, you know, we are connecting with him in relationship. And I think that's his primary thing. I think there's other things like we become like the one we worship, you know, as we worship God, you know, we learn about his nature. We, we get his nature established inside of us. Um, I think there's so many reasons, but I think the number one would be that he's just interested in connecting with us and having a relationship with his sons and daughters. So, okay. Anybody else want to add to that? <clears throat> I feel, I feel uh, uh, in the same vein with Caleb that uh, when, when, we're in that, uh, when we're worshiping God, and that can look many ways, okay? It, it's just not here on Sundays lifting your hands singing a song. But um, it is about relationship. And it, it's, there's just such a connecting point uh, when, when you do have a heart that's open to uh, uh, step into a relationship in worship, you know. And so um, for me, it, it's not like this always 24-7 passionate thing that's going on, you know. Um, a lot of these guys could tell you that, but, uh, for me, it's very important to have that, that connection point and to have that relationship in, in, in worship with him. So anybody, okay. What is the goal? What would you guys say as a worship leader, as a member of the worship team, what is the goal for the worship service? Um, to make sure we get a lot of tithe. And so, uh, no, just joking. <laughs> Thanks for giving. I think our goal's pretty simple. I think, you know, it's to be unified, to come together and just really, if we could all come unified and get in the spirit, and uh, that's our goal is to be unified and, and be one. I, I hate to say be one. But, you know, it is like that, to be one and, and see what God really has for us as a body. I mean, here, in, as a congregation, I mean, that's really the most powerful worship. I mean, I worship a lot alone by myself, but together as a body, it's, it's a very powerful thing. As brothers and sisters in Christ, I think that's our goal, is to be unified and come together as one, you know. And really seek what God has for our particular body. I don't know if any of us ever have that in mind when we come, but it should be something that we have in mind. Um, uh, a lot of times, the word presence in the Old Testament is face, is God's face. And so, to me, one of the goals of the worship uh, on Sundays is for all of us to come together to meet God face to face. And um, it's really powerful in the corporate anointing. You know, it's, we can have powerful individual times, but when we come together in unity, like Mel's saying, it's really powerful. And then at the same time, we get to honor God, and we get to do an outward expression of, of our adoration that, that we've walked in throughout the week. 
Yeah, I noticed during worship or praise and worship, um, there'll be some fast songs and there'll be some slow songs. So what's the point of that? Are the fast ones just to kind of get us awake, you know, get us going? Or <clears throat> is there more of a purpose for fast and then slow songs? And what's the difference? Well, we've had a lot of conversation about that. <laughs> but uh, I think it's, it's practically on the side of there is something about engaging. Like, we're a three-part being, you know. There is something that's powerful about engaging your body and engaging your emotions and that. And then we are spiritual beings. But I think the tempo... Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go a little deep for a second. But, you know, the Bible says that God is holding the universe together. In, like Christ is holding the universe together. It says that in Hebrews. And, you know, music is a part of that. Sound is a part of that, you know. If you get into, um, I think it's quantum physics and things, they talk about how, like, the smallest particles are made out of sound. They're called quarks. And uh, they're made out of sound, you know. And God spoke the universe into being. And, all right, so that's the deep part. <laughs> what I think tempo does is we're exploring different aspects of God through our expression of that. I believe there are certain things that get expressed when the tempo is fast. There's certain things like, you know, dancing. It's, you know, there's certain kinds of dancing you're only going to do when the music is fast. And, you know, there's certain types of expressions that come out with different tempos. So I think we should worship God with every spectrum of what we know musically and, you know, keep discovering more. So, Anybody else? Um, Caleb's a teacher. Everybody can tell that he's because he goes really deep. Uh, simply, yeah, praise is is faster, and I think a lot of us show up with our soul man. I mean, I'll admit it, and I think it is a way to really get us started and get us engaged. So I think you know if you go ahead and you just jump in there, and uh, that is, I think praise is really good for that. And it is a way to just say, be thankful. I, my, I was talking to my husband today about that. And praise is a way to be, is a way you start out to be thankful and worship is a way that you, you give thanks to God. I mean, you're showing him that you're thankful. So I, it's really good to just engage that way. I think it is a good way for us to all engage. So yeah, the fast is to get us going. <laughs> And I mean, in bit like Caleb says too, you know, but start fast. And... I think one thing too that <clears throat> that I've learned over the years, and uh, just from different ones, is you know how the Bible says to um, enter His course with thanksgiving, enter His gates with praise. Yes. Mm-hmm. In the Old Testament, the, we get the picture of the tabernacle. How there's a progression of the priests. They start out in the outer courts and they do certain things, and then they move into the inner courts and they do certain things. And then they move into the Holy of Holies. And it's like when they're in the Holy of Holies, that's when it's just like, whoa, it's all about God. But on the outside, it tells us to enter his gates, his courts with thanksgiving. And so like, you'll notice a lot of the fast songs that we sing, they're more about what God has done. God, you're so good. Thank you. You're so good. You know, things like that. And then in his presence or in the Holy of Holies, it's about just worshiping him for who he is. And so to me, that's kind of how I see it too. So you're progressing from, you're out here thanking God, moving into, okay, God, I just want to worship you. And so, uh, and I want to encourage you guys, one thing, um, never mind, I'll do that later. So moving on. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> As a worship leader, what excites you most during the service? Uh, for me, connection. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's connection. When I, uh, when I know that uh, the congregation have connected, uh, not, so, not even so much with us, but have connected uh, uh, with the Lord, and, and, and you can just feel that pull. You know, um, uh, that's what excites me the most, is, is when, when you, you really feel that that light switch came on. And so, um, anybody else? Yeah, I agree. I think it's whenever I feel like everybody's engaging in the same manner. I mean, I'm not saying being twins, but I just think when you feel that engagement there. And uh, when you're up here, it's really different than when you're in the congregation because we have a tendency to look out at everybody, you know, trying to engage with you all. And uh, sometimes we see the the late stragglers and the... (laughs) And the, you know, and it is, it's, it's tough sometimes. People are really struggling through the soul man at times. 
and um, and once and we've had really good moments where everybody's engaged, and it's just and that really is the most exciting because you feel like wow, we're all going towards the same goal. Um, I get really excited when everyone's just going for it. Um, and that doesn't have to look crazy all the time. You know, sometimes it's those really intimate places of worship where we were just standing in awe. And it's like, there's this point where, for me, where it's like a switchover where my mind is secondary. And it's like my spirit is just releasing. Um, and that happens as musicians, too. That there's this point where we are playing straight from our spirits through our instruments. You know, we're singing straight from our spirits through our mouths. And I just love that point when everyone reaches that and they're just with complete abandon, just releasing from their heart the best way that they can to their exp- expression of love to God. So my, that's my favorite. I like to see people getting something from God, like specific, like as individuals. Like I love the corporate part, but I like seeing the whole and then seeing the individuals and being like, oh my gosh, you know, hearing about somebody receiving something in worship or like, you know, when Ron got his eye healed that one time and just like the crazy stuff people get during worship. And I like am seeing everyone, but I'm seeing the individuals in everyone, you know. And so it's like this person's getting touched and this person's getting touched. And like, you know, that to me just speaks because I know these people, you know, I know a lot of you. So when I see you encountering God, I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. You know, I get excited. Now we do too. Uh, we keep a chart backstage, and it's called the Naughty and Nice uh, chart. And so we're watching, and we go back there and mark who was worshiping and who wasn't. And uh, uh, no, <laughs> that's a joke. I've heard you guys mention a little bit of, and we've seen it. We'll see some crazies over here, clapping, dancing, shouting. Um, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. What's, what's going on? Why are they doing that? And should I be doing that too? Because we told them to. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> um, I think God is worthy of extravagant praise because uh, he's extravagant in his love for us. And, uh, and you, you know, you think about if you give a little kid a gift and they're super excited about it, they're not going to hold still. Like they open the gift, they're like, what? Like their hands go up in the air. They're screaming and shouting, jumping around. And for me, I just, um, I just want to consider what God has done and then let that be my expression. It's a childlike expression, you know, and I, I try to push myself just to release whatever I'm feeling, no matter what it looks like. You know, sometimes I think people are like, who let the gorilla into the front? And, you know, why is it being shot with a taser? I don't know. <laughs> just, like, just like I just want, I'm not a dancer, but I'm just going to go for it, you know, because it's my way that I can extravagantly express to God how much I love him. Well, and if you read through Psalms and stuff, there's so many different expressions of praise, you know. Um, I forget what verse is it. Greg, Greg, I always refer to Greg because he could probably (laughs) tell me if I got. There's this one where it says that the translation in the Hebrew is God spins over us wildly. Do you know what I'm talking about, Greg? All right, well, we'll get it after service. It's it's in there. (laughs) But anyways, I mean, to me that says that God is expressive um, as well. And I heard one guy say he's the most emotional person in the Bible. You know, if you think about it, you know, he created emotions and things like that. So it's not that we're being emotional, but we're offering our emotions to God and saying, God, you can interact with my emotions, my soul, any way you want to in worship. And sometimes it's expressed through, you know, dance and all of these physical expressions. And sometimes, you know, we, we cry and laugh and different things like that. But I'm surrendering my soul to God during worship and allowing him to encounter me in that way. And, um, yeah, I think it's good. You can see that we have the two teachers on this end. And, and that's why I didn't invite Greg to be on this panel, because we'd be here all day. And so, so anyways. You know, one thing about the, the clapping and the raising our hands and the shouting and everything, one thing cool about that is not only does the Bible command us to do that in the Psalms, but he's inviting us to do that. And so when people are clapping and everything, the Bible does give place and it says to clap your hands or to shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph or to dance before the Lord. And and the Bible commands and it tells us, but he's inviting us to be expressive. You know, in the New Testament, it says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In other words, love God with everything. 
And why is it okay to be very expressive uh, for society, football games, Oscar, Academy Award winners, and that kind of thing? But as soon as you get in the church and you do that, you, it, you be, uh, you're looked, at, looked upon critically. Why is that? You know, it's okay to be expressive out there, and nobody thinks anything of it. Do you sit next to a person who's screaming and shouting at an OSU football game and say, what is wrong with you? You don't want to do that. But we do that in church. I mean, David's wife did that to him. What is wrong with you? Acting a fool in front of all those people? You know, but when they sang victory or they shouted because of a victory, because they just killed the enemy or whatever, I'm sure that they weren't criticized. And so the, what I think is cool is we are invited. We get to be expressive. And actually, we ought to be more expressive in the church than we are anywhere else because the victory has been won for us and the, and the effects are going to be eternal. Question I have for you guys. Okay, so, so you're saying it's okay to be expressive emotionally and physically, clapping and dancing and everything. What if I don't feel like it, but I do it anyway? Am I being fake or hypocritical? I kind of feel like, well, sometimes you don't feel like being nice to the people around you, but you are anyway, you know? <laughs> are you being fake or hypocritical then? No, you're not. I mean, it's, it's to me, it's the same kind of thing. It, you're having a relationship with God. Sometimes you don't feel like it. I mean, probably every Sunday morning, people drag in here. I've dragged in here, you know, and you don't feel like it. But it is, it is not fake or hypocritical just to go ahead and step out in faith and do it anyway. Amen. And I think you'll be blessed. I've been blessed many, many times just going ahead and doing it. No, it's not fake or hypocritical. <laughs> I think, you know, all of us, you know, you don't have to raise your hands, but a lot of us, I'd say 70% of us in here have wives. And, and uh, my wife... Um, you know, there's been times when I'm like, I just don't feel like it. I don't want to. And she's like, that's when you really need to, you know? And, and, and uh, um, I'm like, well, I don't want to, you know? And, and to, I, I think to really come to a place, it's actually, uh, uh, actually a really beautiful place to surrender that part because when you come and you don't feel like it and you don't want to do it, you know, and, and you make that decision in your heart, I'm going to go ahead and worship. I'm, I'm going to go ahead. Uh, I know a lot of times with me, I think I'm just going to be silly before the Lord and whatever I look like, I look like, you know, and it, it's, it, you know, it just is like putting gasoline in a car. That's what turns out more, you know, that's what makes that uh, ignition go boom and that explosion to happen inside of there and to start turning that motor over, you know. It, it's just like that. When you, when you just make a decision, you know, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to go for it. There's just something that happens that, that ignites inside of you, and it just starts turning over, you know. A lot of times I think about the wall of Jericho. I bet them people did not feel like it, <laughs> you know. And, and he was like, at the end of this, we're going to shout, and we're going to praise, and the walls are going to fall, you know. And, and could you imagine... Every day going around that thing, and you got to be silent and going around, going around. You know, don't feel like it today. My 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 sandals gave me blisters yesterday. You know, I just don't feel like it. But but the results were beautiful in that. You know, um, they got the storm in and uh, won't go into details. Yeah, but but you know the the thing. My wife sitting there. Please don't go into details. But good wife. But anyways. I think that's one of the greatest times when you don't feel like it. So in no way is that hypocritical. So, um, And I sometimes I have this thought or hear people say, well, I don't feel moved by the Spirit to do this, you know, or I'm not feeling the Holy Spirit right now. But um, let's say I, I go into Walmart or Hallmark or something. I pick up a greeting card, pick it out for Omid, my husband. And let's say I write in it and I just like write my expression of love to him. It's like how much I appreciate him, how much I love him and everything get the car, put in the envelope, and I go up to him, and I'm just, like, standing there holding it. And it would be so weird if I waited for Omid to give me permission to hand that card to him. You know, if I was like, oh, I'm waiting on you to tell me to give me the card. 
You know, does that make sense? So it's like we're standing there with this expression of, of praise and thanks to God, and we're waiting on him to give us permission to give it. But really, it's, an, it's a gift to him, you know, and our praise and our thanks to him is, is our choice and our, our giving that up to him. So, so we don't have to wait to be moved by the Spirit. We can just release from our hearts to our Father. Amen. And what, what about when things are going bad? Let's say you come on your way to church, you have a horrible start to your day, and you don't feel good, or, or your circumstances in life have been very bad recently. What better time to praise Him? You know, the Bible talks about bringing a sacrifice of praise. If everything is going well, you don't have the opportunity to offer a sacrifice of praise. You know, because it's easy and, and to be grateful and thankful. You know, one thing I heard a pastor say that really uh, impacted me is the best, you know, when we go to heaven and we're worshiping God and everything, we will not be able to, for the rest of eternity, to offer the kind of worship and praise that we get to offer on this planet. And what I mean by that is when we're in heaven, there's not going to be any more sorrow, no more pain, no more discouragement, no regrets. There won't be any of that in heaven. We have all of that. We can encounter all that here. So in other words, if I'm, my heart is heavy, I'm going through horrible circumstances, life is really stinking right now. But in that heavy heart, I can say, God, I'm going to worship you anyway. Or I, give, I bring this heaviness to you, and I just offer it up to you, God, and I just trust you to help me, and I'm going to worship you in the beauty of that, that mess. I think that's an incredible opportunity that we get, and we won't have that once we're with him in person. And so I think we have the greatest opportunity to praise and worship him when we don't feel like it or when, when things are going in a negative way. Uh, question, and notice sometimes people come up front during worship. What's that all about? Is they cannot hear and they need to get closer or what? Why do people come up front? Um, for me, that is my outward expression of this is why I'm here. So I'm going to go up front and it's like, God, I'm here for you. I'm here to, to praise you, to give you everything I am. And for me, it's a practically, it's like it takes away the distractions. You know, you're not tempted to look at your phone or sit down or talk to the person next to you. And you can go up and there's like more room to move around and jump and do what you need to do. Um, but really the, the basis of it is this is why I'm here, God. And this is my outward act of, of expressing that. You know, one thing I've, I've started doing, I, those of you who've been around notice that during worship I'm usually in the back. Um, and I don't know why I started that. Just go in the back and I'm worshiping and praying and, and doing whatever. Uh, but recently, I felt like the Lord wanted me just to, just to come up front and just been staying up front. And I noticed my worship time has been a whole lot better. And the reason why is because I don't see anybody. See, when I'm in the back, I see everybody. When I'm up front, all I see is what's in front of me. Therefore, there's less distraction. And, and, and I just want to encourage you, one practical reason to come up front is just so you're not distracted. You know, because we only have, we don't have too many times during the week to, in, to participate in corporate worship. Now, hopefully we're worshiping every day. But as far as corporate worship, we don't get that time uh, that often. And so I just, I personally like just to take full advantage and get everything I can and just express my heart to the Lord as much as I can and want to. So say all that to say, we welcome you and invite you. If you want to come up to the front, you're welcome to. Just come on up and... Um, the anointing is heavier up front, I think. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> um, you know, one thing I'm, I'm curious about, and, and maybe some other people have a question about this, but every once in a while, Todd, you'll break down into an amazing solo. I mean, you just be tearing it up on the, on the guitar. And what's that about? Is that so we can enjoy a concert or... Um, What's with, and, and sometimes there's other people that on instruments, it's just the solo or it's just the instruments playing. What's that about and what should we be during, doing during that time? Well, we're going to start putting a tip bucket down here. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, for them guitar solos, we'll just start. Uh, no, for, for me, um, you know, if... If it was about guitar solos or anything like that, um, 
you know, and I, I'm just being honest, my preference would be I'd probably be playing in a different band somewhere else, you know. But it's not about that. It's to me, uh, when that happens, and it's just not like guitar solos. You, you'll see Steve Irby do some amazing stuff on the keyboards, and and Kalen will even go into these. Uh, uh, they they're really Native American type sounding drum solos, uh, but um, all that is is what I call prophetically playing out, um, and you can. I know this, uh, and I'm just going to say this like this. Uh, for me, when, when I go into that type of uh, of a thing, I, I can feel them notes resonating in my spirit. You know, I can feel what I'm playing, and and it, it's just an incredible experience for me. Um, I know a lot of people have come and said it's not an incredible experience for them, and they wish I'd stop doing that. But um, you know. This is who we are, and this is the direction we want to move very heavily, and that's into more of a prophetic-type worship. Um, there were experiences that I could point out this morning that you could feel the propheticness, uh, the, want to, uh, the prophetic wanting to release through Kalen on the drums. Uh, I, I could feel that rolling, you know. And so um, when, when I'm doing something like that, that's not me up there going, check this hot lick out, you know, or check this riff out or check what I can do. It, it's, it's not about that because if it was about that, I, I just would not do it. Uh, uh, it's 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 the unction of the Holy Spirit to move out like that. And I think when any of us are doing that, and and matter of fact, it can be prophetically released with someone with their vocals too, where they're just singing out, you know, and, and there's just all this beautifulness coming out of their voice. And it may not make sense to you, but it makes sense to him. And, and it's just being released. And, and there is a very, very strong anointing being released when that happens. And I have seen healings happen during them times. I, I've seen uh, people come up. Uh, um, uh, tell me, you know, they receive their language, you know, there's just different things that happen in that time. And Caleb. <laughs> okay. So a couple of things, practically, you know, the Bible, the, the Bible, <laughs> let me put my glasses on. Uh, the Bible says to play skillfully on your instrument and it gives glory to God. So that alone is enough reason to play skillfully on an instrument. This whole thing about, well, you shouldn't, you know, you're distracting from the worship. No, I was created for this. I was created to give glory to God. He put these desires, these passions inside of me. I'm made in his image. It is a gift from him, and I'm going to express it. And there is a time, yes, where you pull back and you don't always just, I'm going to express my gift. That's not what you do. It's like when you feel like the Holy Spirit gives you a moment, like this is what we're doing. Like when we're playing instrumental during the song, like what's happening with us is we are actually waiting. When we go into an instrumental, we are waiting on the Holy Spirit. We're saying, okay, we've hidden that. We've given you a space here, Lord. This is the space that we want to create for you. And we're just allowing you to do whatever you want to do. If you want to play something, if you want to say something, if you want to sing something, whatever it is. And some of you have heard me, I do it vocally. I, I start singing lyrics. And I, I literally, guys, I do not think about what I'm singing. I just open my heart and whatever comes out, comes out. That's all it is. And I'm just waiting on Holy Spirit. What do you want to do? So when we go into our prophetic worship, you know, what do you want to say? What is it you're moving? What direction are you going this morning? And just allowing him to do it. And I think it's perfectly okay. You know, I think you can do it in your seat, sing out prophetically. I think you can, I believe in prophetic dance. Some of you might not, but I believe God created our bodies and that the movement of things can reveal the nature of God as well. I believe in a lot of things. Um, you don't have to agree with me, but at the same time, I mean, at the very least, we can worship God by playing skillfully on our instrument. You, you know, and... and <laughs> um, I thought my glasses turned upside down or something. You don't. You don't have to be a musician to to be to be able to do that. I'm not going to uh, say the the young man's name, but he goes to church here, and we had a uh, worship night one night, 
and we were up here, and, and God was just moving. Well, um, he does these, um, I don't even know what to call these ball thing. What are they? I forgot. I forgot. Um, what? Poi. Poi, yeah. Well, I look back there, and he's doing it, and I could just feel such an incredible uh, anointing and a release coming off of that. And a lot of people would be like, well, you know, you, you can't do that. But you know what? That's a gift that's inside of him. And he was expressing it. And, and he was prophetically just letting that come out. You know, one of the things that, that I love about this body and, and about Pastor CJ and what we do here is we're not afraid to make mistakes. We're not afraid to take a chance. And, and it's a very safe, safe environment to do it. You know, um, we're not going to come up and go, well, you didn't step to the left and the right just at the right time during the song. So that wasn't very prophetic. You know, it, it's, it's not like that at all. And CJ asked the question, what should you be doing during that, that time? You should be digging inside of you and releasing the gift that's inside of you. You, you should be just, just, you know, I love it. Um, uh, a person we listen to uh, a lot, uh, Bill Johnson, he was talking, I think it was when we were out there, he, he said uh, a guy did backflips and, and, you know, <laughs> up front, you know, maybe that was, his, maybe he was a gymnast. I don't know. But <laughs> I love what Bill Johnson said. He flip, flip, stopped and looked at Bill and Bill said, give me one more, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, and so, so you're sitting there. We are not afraid of your gifts. We want to see them released. Just as much as this is released up here, you don't know how many times we would just love to throw our instruments down and just jump right in with you guys. I mean, it's gotten to the point where scheduling people for worship services uh, to play, they're like, well, I, I kind of want to be out there, you know? And you're like, oh, come on, man. I need you to play this way. You know, uh, Kaylin's getting real bad at it. She's like, you know, <laughs> I'd rather be out there, you know, dancing and, and stuff. And so, so what I'm going to say, you know, and one of you may have a different take on it, but release your gift. When, when them times are happening, just don't, just don't sit there waiting for it to end. Just say, okay, God, what do we got here? What can I release? And, and, and what's going to be beautiful is it's going to be for this body. It may be for someone around you. It, it, it may be for something to happen, you know. But, but we need you guys in that time releasing. So, yeah. I was just going to say, I know um, one of my favorite preachers, Kenneth Hagin, he said, He'd rather have a little wildfire than no fire at all, you know. Mm. And, and, um, and I'm not saying please go crazy, whatever. Cause, and just trust that the people here, I mean, we, I, I love you guys. And, and I feel like that's how we are. We all have, we love each other. We got each other's backs. So if you go crazy and maybe you're fleshing out a little, and somebody comes up, Pastor CJ comes up, and, and he might correct you, but it's all in love. But please don't let that uh, stop you from, you know, expressing your gift. It, you, know, you know, sometimes you might be wrong, but sometimes it might be the very thing somebody needs to hear that will save their life. You know, a lot of times during those prophetic times, whether it's instrumental um, I've heard some of you say uh, to sing out a new song or sing a new song. What does that mean? Because you're encouraging the congregation to do that. What does that mean? For me, you know, um, if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, um, see CJ after the service and he'll take care of it or Caleb, Caleb, me, whatever. But no, God takes care of that. But um, to sing out a new song, for me, that, that's, that's almost just like the prophetic. You, uh, for me, when I sing out a new song, I just let go whatever is there, you know, and, and whatever comes out of my mouth. Um, I do know that it's, it's coming out of my spirit and not out of my uh, head, you know. It's, I'm not singing songs like, oh, Lord, let the San Diego Chargers win today, you know. That's for Joey, my soon-to-be son-in-law. He's from California, big, big Charger fan, but... Um, so anyways, I know some of you may see down 
on me or look down on me this, but me and him made a change. I, I was a big um, uh, San Francisco 49er fan, and um, he was a big uh, USC Trojan guy. So he came over to my side. He's a big OU fan now. <laughs> all right. All right. And uh, I didn't get many cheers on that, man. But that's a requirement. You marry one of my daughters, you surrender your rights. And so, but uh, I went over to the Charger side. So uh, there you go. So, and it's, and, and believe me, it was hard to pull for Philip Rivers. But anyways, I am now. But I forget where we're at. New song. <laughs> a new song. New songs. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, we're not perfect. No, just no. See, singing out a new song. A lot of times when I'm singing out a new song, I'm singing in the spirit. Yeah, I got one thing. Greg, I actually from Ina and Greg, and I think Candy too. Is the first time I'd ever heard like translating your tongues, like speaking in tongues, and then asking God what's being said by the Spirit. And uh, you can do that when you're singing too. Um, and sometimes I'll be up here and I'll be singing in the spirit and then all of a sudden I'll get lyrics and I'll be like, Oh, okay. That's what was being said. And you can do the same thing. Um, you know, it's really kind of fun actually. It's really fun to be like, oh, Holy spirit, what are you up to today? And, um, you know, if you sing in the spirit, you know, speak, sing in your prayer language and, you know, just ask Holy spirit, like, Oh, what you, give me the words to this song that you're singing. And sometimes the Holy spirit will sing that new song through you. So. You know, that's good. And, and also, singing a new song is just also you expressing your heart to God. When, the, when there's no music going on up there as far as the words, and you just want to just love on Him with words coming from your own, own heart, making up your own song. I think that's also a great example of uh, just singing a new song to God. Um, one thing they were saying is that when, during the prophetic time, when, whether it's the instruments playing and that kind of thing, you know, it's real easy, when, especially in, in the presence of the Lord, it's like gifts get activated. You know, you get stirred up. You get, um, if you have a prophetic gift, it probably starts buzzing, starts coming alive, turning on kind of thing. And so a question may be, what do I do if I have a prophetic word that I feel like I'm supposed to give to the body? And I'll answer this question. Um, if you feel like the Lord gives you a word, what we ask you to do as leaders, because we've talked about this, the elders and, and the ELT, we've talked about this. What's the protocol? Because you can imagine if everybody had a word to share, we could be here for a long time. And, um, but the, the purpose is, is for the service to be edifying, to be honoring to God, to be edifying to everyone. And so if you feel like the Lord gives you a word, what we ask you to do is come to me and, and say, hey, I feel like the Lord has given me something. I may ask you to give me a... a the summary version of what it is, if I don't want the whole thing, but just a uh, gist of what you believe the word is. And then you leave it with me, and then I determine whether you're going to give that word or not. Okay? That's, that's my responsibility. Because, one, just because you get a word doesn't necessarily mean that it's for the body. It could be the Lord is speaking to you something that he wants you to know or you to, to grab a hold of. Also, it may be something that may not be He's wanting to release it to the congregation at that point. Because sometimes, especially in the middle of a song, or we may sense the Lord is doing something, and sometimes you can have the right word in the wrong time. And it can just kind of not accomplish what the Lord is wanting it to accomplish. So my responsibility, so if you feel like, you say, well, I feel like God's given me a word and I have to be obedient. True, you need to be obedient, but how you be obedient is you follow the authority that we believe God has established. And you submit that to me, and then if I say not today or not right now, then guess whose responsibility it is if you were supposed to give that? That becomes my responsibility. So then you're free. You just give it to me, and then you say, okay, Lord, if you want to share this, um, if you want me to share this, I'm willing to do whatever you want. If not, then so be it. Because if you have a hard time, one, imagine if, if 10 people in here all of a sudden got words, and they just started sharing the words. That can be kind of chaotic. And two, if you have a word from the Lord, I want it to go through the microphone so everybody can hear it. Because if we can't hear it, then what good is it? It's not edifying the body or, or uh, accomplishing its, its purpose. So basically the protocol is, if you get a word you feel like the Lord's given you, share that with me, um, and then I'll determine whether or not the Lord wants you to share that. Okay? Is that pretty clear?
All right. What does it mean to worship in spirit and truth? Because we hear that in, in John chapter 4. What does that mean? Um, in John chapter 4, Jesus talks to the woman at the well. And she's from Samaria, so she's what they, the Jews considered, you know, not very worthy because she was, well, called a half-breed, you know. She was half-Jewish and half-Samarian. And uh, she comes to the well, and he pretty much reads her mail, you know. <laughs> Tells her, you, you're right, you only you had five husbands. I mean, and she gets a revelation that Jesus, she's talking to the Messiah, and then he tell because and she's like asking him, so you Jews say you worship in Jerusalem, but we worship, we're set, we worship here. So who's right? And Jesus says, well, the time has come that we all that we're all going to worship that we will worship, and the time is now that we'll worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, and meaning. It's very simple to me because he's telling basically because he tells her earlier, if you would you would have knew who you were with, you would ask me to give you a drink of the living water, which is salvation. And so, to worship in spirit and truth is simply worship. If you're not a saved person, you can't worship in spirit and truth. You have to be saved. So, so Jesus is telling her, the time is coming. When we can all join in and worship, if you are a born-again believer, if you're somebody who has received Jesus in your heart, that's worshiping in the Spirit. And worshiping in truth is simply Jesus is the Word of God. And, and he was there presenting, he not only was he presenting her salvation, giving her an opportunity to become saved, he is the Word of God. And so or, truth is the Word of God. <laughs> And so if you're not saved, you can't worship in spirit and truth. But if you are, it's, it's a wonderful, beautiful time for us as Christians because we don't have to go to Jerusalem and worship anymore. And none of us could anyway, unless you're Jewish. But, I mean, back then, we, you know, we're, gen, we're Gentiles. But now Jesus came, and now all of us have that opportunity to join in and worship him in spirit and truth. It's so simple to me. Just a matter of have you received Jesus in your heart? Is the truth in you? And to me, that is worshiping in spirit and truth. It's it's a really simple thing. I think too, um, they were so used to form and function, and it was moving from the Old Testament system of like, okay, if you take three steps forward, three steps back, do a spin, sacrifice a goat. Okay, you've worshipped, you know, <laughs> and it's the same procedure every single time. You go to some churches today, their worship service is basically the exact same form and function every single time. You know, and they're no they're worshiping God in the light they know, and I'm not saying, you know, like God doesn't appreciate that. I really believe that he sees their heart in that and says, "Okay." But I think there's also the element of God saying, "Hey, we're going to spirit-led worship." It's no longer just what I gave you as gave Moses as the form and function, but we're going to a form of worship that is led by my spirit. And you can hear me. You're not even the high priest. And you can hear me because my spirit's going to be inside of you. And the truth of who this worship revolves around, it's Jesus. You're worshiping in the Holy Spirit and in truth. The central focus point of the truth is Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so I think we have to take into account that if our worship isn't spirit-led, I'm not sure we're doing New Testament worship. Does everybody kind of understand that? Yeah. And also, um, in Spirit and Truth, it says it's not on what Mel was saying. It's not on this mountain. It's not Jerusalem. And so, you know, it's not in a certain temple somewhere because we are the temple now. We the Holy Spirit, and so we carry it with us everywhere. So everywhere we go, it's an expression of worship. And Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Well, the last question I'd like to ask, um, and you kind of alluded to it, moving that direction. What does your um, personal worship look like? Like, you know, when you're at home, work, traveling, whatever, what does that look like? Um, I'll tell just a tiny story without a lot of detail, but 
probably um, a couple years ago, when I would get with the Lord, I really felt like he was saying that he was releasing a new expression of worship. And, uh, and so that was just kind of a recurring theme when I would get with him. Well, um, we got, Mead and I got married back in November, and he has two daughters, and so suddenly I'm a stepmom here. And that was a slight transition, to say the least, you know. And um, I was really having some soul struggles uh, because, you know, it wasn't on my list of life experiences to be a, a stepmom, you know. It was, <laughs> it was uh, but, but here I am doing this. And um, I really, uh, through all this soul struggle, we felt like God said, when you choose to love those girls, you're worshiping me. And um, I, I felt like that was that new expression of worship. And so, so that was in this place where my soul does not want to. You know, it's like so difficult. And of course, they're beautiful. And yes, I love them. But it was like I had all these inner vows stuff going on. It was just a struggle. And, um, but I, I would choose to worship. And so to me, that's like we were talking about in spirit and in truth. So I would choose the truth. I would choose to love them. I would choose to have a good attitude. You know, I would choose to, um, to forgive and, and walking in the truth, you know. And so to me, that is my, what my everyday worship looks like. It's that choosing God in those difficult places where it's so difficult, that God, I'm going to worship you because you're faithful. And um, uh, I was going to read real quick um, Romans 12.2, or 12, one. Um, I appeal to you, or let's see, let's read NIV. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. So when, in view of God's mercy, so God, you have done so much for me. You have forgiven me over and over. In view of your mercy, God. I offer my body to you as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And I love what Pastor Dale would always say. He said, a living sacrifice, you always got to put it back on the altar because it's going to try to crawl back down. <laughs> you know, there's so many times my soul is trying to crawl off that altar, but I put it back up, back on there, you know. So I offer my body to you, God, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And so that is my everyday worship, to continually put myself on that altar and choose God. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so yes, that. And then uh, I'll, I'll just tell you what my private worship time is like. Like if I ever did my private worship time in front of everyone, I'd probably be incredibly embarrassed. And I'm getting over that. But <laughs> So I can't dance, but when I worship at home, I dance a lot. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so... I'm not going to say like specifically what kind of dancing, but uh, <laughs> it's one of the finer arts. <laughs> so I'm just sharing that with you. But I, it's so strange. I cannot dance, but there's something so liberating to me about you know just the practical expression of dancing for the Lord, and uh, and sometimes like I'm embarrassed when I'm by myself. <laughs> And I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. And, but my spirit is just like, this is awesome. Keep doing it. And I'm like, okay. And so, you know, I, I believe I still have my man card because I choose it. You know, I still have it. <laughs> By faith. <laughs> so, but, um, but I'll tell you, it's one of the most, like, liberating things for my soul to express. Like, I feel like it's really coming out of who I am. Because I'm not concerned about what anybody else is thinking because I'm by myself. And I think that's why Jesus emphasized that going into your closet to pray. Like, that's obviously not the—Jesus prayed in front of people. It's not the only place you can pray. But he's saying there is an emphasis there because there's something you can gain there. I think you're learning what it looks like to be yourself when you're in those private moments. What it looks like to, to really express yourself to God in those private moments. And I believe as we do that as a congregation— eventually the things that are in our closet will start to come out here. And then that's when the congregational worship is going to blow up. It's just going to blow up. Why? Because we're being authentic. All of us are expressing, you know, we're taking the sunglasses off. And we're all, you know, we're taking the shades off the window. And we're just letting the light truly come and, and express who we really are. So I would encourage you guys when you're at home, start pressing in and be like, what does it look like when I am fully in spirit and truth? What's that look like? You know, practically, what does that look like? So. Uh, there's, there's so many ways, uh, but, um, like, like, what does my personal worship time look like? Um, 
I yell a lot um, at my daughters. Um, no, just, no, 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 no. Um, my daughters can tell you living with me has uh, um, has been quite the ride. And uh, I am a guitar player, guitar player, guitar player. That's um, that's. Uh, uh, it's in my blood, in my DNA, that it's it's what I do. But um, I had uh, um, just a, a real quick little story. At one point, you know, that meant so much to me, God took it all away from me. And he told me, he said, I want you to learn to worship me. I want you to learn just me and you. And if you never pick this instrument back up again, are you all right with that? And that hurt. But I took all the gear and equipment and guitars and all that and just threw them in a closet. And, and you know, when I started developing that life of worship, I forgot all that stuff was there. Uh, um, and I think it was like a year and some later that the Lord told me I could play again. And there was just a different perspective at that time that, to me, worship was not in this box of... It's, it's done here on Sunday mornings and, or whatever, you know. It's, it, to me, worship is done in times of, of stressfulness. It's done in times of blessings. Um, it's done when you're with your family. It, it can be done in so many ways. I, I know like Pastor CJ talks about how him and Lisa just have family worship nights out at their house. And, and, it's incredible, you know, the, the, the things he tells you that happens in that. You know, but for me, my daughters can tell you, it can be 3 o'clock in the morning, they'll hear a guitar fire up in the house, and I'll just wake up and there's something in my head, and, and I, I go in there and I, I start working it out at volume 7, you know. <laughs> and if that's not loud enough, I turn it up to 10, you know. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, go to sleep, Dad, you know. But um, a, a lot of times for me, even the worshipful times come, just come out of me when, when I'm playing my instrument. You know, I, I'll find myself just playing certain notes and just singing in the spirit right along with it. And, and it, it's just, it, it's an incredible time for me. Uh, so, um, and you, you guys are probably like, well... Do you turn on Bethel albums? Do you just soak all that in? Do you, is it in your car 24-7 on, on your computer? You know, for some of us it is, and some of us, and I'm just being honest, it's not, you know. Um, it's not that we don't listen to it, and, and because we've got to listen to that stuff to be familiar with what the songs are and stuff, you know. Um, you know, and I'm being honest with you, you know, when new stuff comes out, I'll consume it, and, and I'll get it down in my spirit, and, and I probably will not throw the album on as much as, say, like Pastor CJ or somebody, you know. Pastor CJ, he, he's constantly going around this place, you know, uh, you know, singing, singing songs and stuff. Some of the, the coolest songs that we do come from Pastor CJ because he's like, hey, Todd, uh, suggestion here. Why don't you do this song? Because the song you've been playing, you've played like a hundred times now, you know, and it's time for some new stuff. But, but um, so that's kind of what, you know, I, I don't have rhythm or rhyme to how my personal worship life looks. It, it just happens. So. Yeah, I, I probably because we're cut from the same mold. I think that's how it is too, for me. But it's every, it's probably everywhere. You know, if, if I'm well, I pulled my muscle the other day running from a thunderstorm. I wasn't faster than it. <laughs> and um, oh darn it, you hit forty, you're like run, and you're oh no. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. And so instead of just, you know, flying some cuss words, maybe you can just fry, fly some praise words, you know. And then, uh, <laughs> and like, thank you, Jesus, you're going to get me out of the lightning, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, but this is a true story. One night along, it was a, a few years back before Judah, I was at home and, and it was, I was, and my brother-in-law was visiting us before he was married. And we were sitting in there watching TV, and Greg went to bed because he had to get up really early. And pretty soon we hear, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. 
And we were like, what's going on? And he's singing in his sleep. <laughs> so we do it everywhere. Just by the song, you can tell how long ago that was. <laughs> this is true. See, none of the young people are relating at all to that. Anyway, no, but it is really everywhere. Our family, we, it, I want to encourage everybody to take the opportunity, if you think about it, if you go, go to slip in your restroom, just start worshiping God. You can do it anywhere and just see what changes in your life. I mean, we've had wonderful opportunities, my family. Like, I've been over at Todd's house. We'll pull out the guitar. All of us will be worshiping in my family. I've been at Candy and Gary's. We all will, we've all worshiped together and during prayer times. We've been in hospital rooms. We all break out in praise and worship in hospital rooms. I encourage, I mean, you will see freedom from that. I, I would encourage everybody, you know, if you, if you don't know what it looks like, I'm telling you what it looks like. It's just simply doing it and just affording that opportunity any moment, any time that you have. You know, and that's like, I think that's why Todd and Todd's sitting here going, I don't really think can think of a time that I sit down and do it because we just, it's always on our minds. We've come from a family like that. So we've had a wonderful opportunity and not all of you've had that. I understand that. So we're trying to give you real practical ways what that looks like. Caleb was giving you some practical ways that he does that. Kaylin was giving you some awesome scripture of why she does that and what it looks like for her. I mean, I just, I hope we can all set up here and be wonderful examples for you, but mostly it's because we're all wanting you to all find that freedom and in, in that opportunity that comes every day of your life. I mean, that's why I said that, that you should be pumped about the spirit and truth thing because it's in us. We don't have to go do the three steps and sacrifice a goat. It's here. And it's an awesome opportunity every day. When you want to yell at your kids, just pull out some praise and worship music. You know, and then yell at them later. I don't know. Maybe they need to be yelled at. Just real quick, uh, um, just a real quick testimony. Um, this just recently happened. My wife was headed to Tulsa, and she gave me a phone call. And she said something loud just popped in our car and da-da-da-da. And uh, uh, the, the, we just recently had a new clutch put in it. Well, this clutch came apart in the car. And, and so I didn't know it at the time. But uh, my daughter, Taylor, was with me. And, and I would say at that point there wasn't worship going on. <laughs> Um, I was like, I'm going to have to sell blood. I'm going to have to, you know, what, what are we going to have to do to get this car going again, you know? And so I picked my wife up and all, and, and uh, um, we're on the way back. And, and I'm just sitting there thinking driving because uh, we had called a wrecker to come and get the vehicle and everything. And, and at that point, I wasn't like, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. You know, I, uh, you know, I was just like, okay, how's this going to, okay, God, we, you know, and my wife. <laughs> I love her. She turns her iPhone to me. Ooh, our favorite praise and worship song. Let's worship. And she's sitting there, and I'm just like, I don't want to worship right now, you know. And she's like, come on, you know. And, and so uh, <laughs> I don't know if she was doing that to irritate me. No, no. But, but you know, at that point, you know, I still wasn't in this place where I was like, let's worship, you know. But... I thank God that she did that because that just started snapping me too. And, and um, what was so cool is I started going, Lord, please let that be their problem and not mine and let's let it be. And, and so God just covered the whole thing, man. And, and I already got my car back. And, 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 but honest truth, it was because I think like my wife chose at that moment to worship God in this, you know, and, and, and to trust him. And so... Uh, worship, I've, I feel, just turned it that quick. So, Amen. Amen. Well, let's all stand together. You know, our goal for the worship series is not just to have spectacular, dynamic worship services on Sunday morning, although that would be nice. But the 
the goal from the worship series is for all of us to become and to be encouraged to be worshipers, lifestyle worshipers every day. So that's our heart. Amen? And so I hope you were encouraged. I hope you got some, some questions, answers, and some things that uh, maybe you hadn't thought of before. And I uh, hope you got something out of the day. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you that we have the opportunity to love you because you saved us, because you adopted us, because we're yours. And we get the opportunity just to love on you and, and show our appreciation. And I pray that from this point forward, we would take full advantage of that opportunity every chance we get, whether it's Sunday morning. Lord, that we would make that a priority, not necessarily because it's our favorite thing to do, but because you are our favorite. And we just want to love on and honor you. And so whatever that looks like, making it a priority, being here on time, uh, scheduling our time so that we are here, so that we can just engage together. And we just thank you that we have the freedom in this country to gather together, to corporately worship our King. And we thank you, Father, for that freedom that has been paid for by the blood of many brothers and sisters in the battlefield. And we just thank you, Father, that because of your ultimate sacrifice, we get to worship you forever. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing in our lives. And we invite you to continue to do that. We give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.